Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, hello everyone. This is Mike Cleveland. I have the privilege and joy of being with my brother Eric Hurt today. Eric, thank you so much for being with me. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic this morning, Mike. I am so ready and uh, so delighted to be back with you to do another podcast and just to share the love uh, that lifted us out and that loved us at the cross. And I'm just, I'm raring to go, my friend. (laughs) You know, one of the things that you and I do together as we do these podcasts is we just worship. I I often look at you there on the other side of my Zoom uh, computer and I see you worshiping as you speak and I'm worshiping and, you know, it's just, uh, a powerful message that we have that stirs up worship in our hearts, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. We just look at the passage of Scripture that we're going over for the day, whatever it might be, Old or New Testament, doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, we're worshiping uh, while we're reading that passage and seeing uh, the power um, that delivers, the power that saves, the power that sanctifies, uh, you know, the power that has rescued us and ransomed us and covered and cleansed us. And, you know, it does. It brings our hearts into worship. And we just enjoy worshiping the Lamb of God who was slain for us, brother. And we are calling others to join in, whoever they might be. We don't care. (laughs) We wish that all would join us. Yes, we are indeed calling you to come and kneel at the foot of the cross and be in awe and be awestruck and have your heart filled with wonder at the God who became man, the man who was treated like a criminal, the one who was strung up on a cross as if he had done wrong, and the one who loved us, Eric, the one who loved us and gave himself for us. It's an amazing message. It never gets old. Um, And so today, we're going to talk about two subjects that are extremely important. And the reason I say that is, Everybody in the world usually struggles with one of these two. These two subjects are food and sex. And we're going to call this podcast Food and Sex, Slavery and Freedom. Hmm. So we'll look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. This might take us a couple of podcasts, right, Eric? Yeah, it certainly will, because we have, what, about eight verses to go over, and sometimes we uh, get stuck on one or two, uh, just because there's so much to draw from them. And so, yeah, we could easily uh, make two podcasts as we're worshiping together out of uh, this passage of Scripture. Well, one of the things that the Apostle Paul says as we look at this Scripture together is that we're going to discuss the, the issues of food and sex, the stomach and immorality. And Paul says initially in verse 12, because he's responding to the Corinthians who said, I'm allowed to do anything. He says, yes, but not everything's good for you. 
And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. And so, Eric, when we think about food and sex, these are two issues that cause slavery in us. We can become in bondage. We can become enslaved to them. Now, the Christian life, Eric, is one of freedom. It is not slavery. Jesus says, he who the Son sets free will be free indeed. And what he's referring to is freedom from slavery to sin. And so while Christians have freedom, we can literally do anything. The question we must ask is, is this going to lead me to slavery? Right? That's absolutely right. Uh, We've been delivered from this slavery and we're not going back to it. Uh, But, you know, like you were saying, we're allowed, we're free in Christ. You know, and so we are, uh, you know, we can do anything, but we won't be mastered by anything. <laughs> the right. master who set us free has set us free indeed. Yes, and he's our master. And this is where we find freedom is in slavery to him. Mm. You know, the, the world would try to get us to stop doing a behavior, but that's not freedom. You know, just because you stop drinking, that's not deliverance. That's not freedom. There's a difference between sobriety and deliverance. Mm. Deliverance is where you become a slave to Christ. He came Mm. to take you captive. He came to purchase you for himself and to make you his slave. Now, what's the difference, Eric? As we think about this slavery, you think, oh, well, slavery to food and sex or slavery to Christ, no difference. What's, I'm still a slave. What, what's the difference between these two? Uh, between these two, food and, you know, if you're a slave to sin, uh, you know, like you said a moment ago, the behavioral system uh, wants you to be, uh, you know, have this mastery over one thing. Uh, and, but a slave uh, can be set free. Uh, a slave can be, uh, in fact, a slave has no choice. Uh, but to remain in their slavery unless someone comes. Uh, to set them free, uh, right? And if we're delivered uh, from the slavery to sin, then we're free, brother, in all areas of life. That's the importance. We're free in all areas of life. And as we're taken captive to Christ, we're happy. It, it's, it's, a, it's a slavery that fills our hearts with joy, that opens our mouth with praise, it's a slavery that makes me want to get up early in the morning to go be with him and to have Jody and I sit down and we worship, we sing, we pray. The kind of slavery that's freedom, like you said, Eric, in all areas. Uh, and so, you know, this is, is what we're talking about here is freedom in all areas. Uh, and so we read verse 13. What do you want to read verse 13 there? Oh, sure. Uh, you say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. (laughs) Uh, This is incredible. Uh, The body uh, is meant for the Lord, not meant for sexual morality, and he's drawing the, uh, the comparison of the food for the stomach, and stomach for the food, and God will destroy both of them. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and the body's not meant for sexual morality. It's meant for the Lord. Uh, the body, no matter what it is, the body is meant 
for the for the Lord, whether it's food, whether it's sexual morality. Uh, this is the Lord's body. Uh, he purchased it, and it belongs to him. And the reality is that this slavery to food and sexual immorality, it cannot be broken through human effort. Uh, and, and I think, Eric, we should just take a minute and recall maybe our own slavery. Like, um, maybe I'll take I, I, both of these. I was sla enslaved to both of these. Um, but just for example, food, you know, I, I was 40 pounds heavier than I am now. And I was just in bondage. My mind would think about the, the next place I was going to eat. I would plan out my day based upon restaurants or or where I was going to eat what food, and I was all excited about it. I was what I call a foodie, you know. <laughs> it just was all I thought about, and I was enslaved to it. And Eric, truthfully, if it weren't for my job, you know, as a pilot, where you have to go in every six months and take a medical, I would have ballooned up hundreds of pounds, and it may have killed me, because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to escape. I tried diets. I tried... Um, you know, making vows to do better. I tried accountability. I mean, to tell you, I tried everything on the market to actually lose weight. And it's because my heart loved food. My heart was a slave to food. And it was, Eric, it was miserable. Mm. I mean, to tell you, I, you know, some people say, well, uh, with alcohol, for example, you know, you don't have to go to a bar. Um, you don't have to, you know, go down the aisle in the supermarket that has the alcohol. But food, you got to eat every day. And, mm -hmm. and you become enslaved to it. And, and so this was my experience. And it lasted for literally decades um, and so how about you? What, what one of these, you know, how about your, your experience with slavery? Yeah, well, slavery uh, to sexual immorality was uh, absolutely devastating, brother. I mean, it was, it felt literally, uh, well, I didn't literally have chains on me, but it sure felt like that. Um, and I had to obey my master. Uh, you know, just as you thought about food constantly, I would think about uh, immorality constantly. It was what drove me through the day. Why? Because I would get this so-called prize at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And so I would work hard and work hard. But my end goal, brother, was my working. I was, I was working as if, uh, just like the slave, I was working very hard. I was working in this labor uh, so that what? So I could get this phony prize at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And that's what drove me. My mind was clouded. I would be uh, out with family, but I was really mentally never there uh, because I was, I was, my mind was polluted. My heart was somewhere else and looking at something else and desiring something else. It was desiring immorality constantly, day in and day out. And if I went a day without it, I thought I was free. Hmm. Oh, I must be free, you know? And, uh, but it would come back with a vengeance. And, and there I was again. That was my life uh, for, for many, many decades, like, like you explained. And it becomes exhausting. It, it becomes, um, I don't even know how to sometimes put it into words, just that it's exhausting, it's draining. Uh, it, you, you sense that there, 
that it has power over you. You begin to sense that, that you are like a slave and, and you have no hope. And brother, I had no hope. I had none, zero. I, I, thought, I literally thought that I would take this secret sin to my grave in silence. And I often thought, well, maybe I'll confess to my wife on my deathbed. Mm. And then I thought, how horrible would that be? Uh, that my wife never really knew me and that I would shatter her at the end by such horrible words. And then I thought, well, I'll just take it to my grave in silence then. That's it. That's my hope. And uh, that's hopeless. <laughs> it makes me want to cry. <laughs> it was a sad life. It was a sad existence. It was yeah. a horribly miserable, dark life. I, Eric, one of the ways that we can tell if we're slaves, well, let me, let me give two of them. The first one is when thoughts suddenly attack us, when thoughts out of the blue sideswipe us. For example, I was sitting in church one day and I had the thought to go gratify the lust of my flesh with pornography. And I actually up and left and drove home and did it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a slave. Mm-hmm. Um, and another way is when you do things that you would have shuddered to even think about years before. Uh, a slave has no free will. If his master says, do this, we do this, whatever the this is. And so it's an ever-increasing wickedness that it leads us to, um, both in the area of, like we're studying this passage, food and sex, sexual immorality. So we're not making light of this, are we, brother? Oh, no, not at all. No, to make light of this, uh, you know... (laughs) This is a very serious, these are very serious um, sins here. Uh, And sin in general, uh, the slavery to sin is um, nothing to mess around with. Uh, That's why we're so focused on where we can be uh, free and how we can become free uh, from these things, because it's important that the world knows, you know, we're supposed to go out into the world with this message. Why? so that people can experience the power of freedom and the power of forgiveness and the power of God's mercy, grace, and love in their life. And this power is found at the cross. And so we just love talking about and sharing with others because they have the hope that we had, brother, none. They don't have any hope and they need to hear this message of hope and they need to hear it again and again so that they're lifted and raised up and brought into worship. You know, you talked about power just there. And as we look at this passage, what we're talking about is slavery to food and sexual immorality. <clears throat> and Paul makes this seemingly statement, a statement out of the blue in verse 14, because he's just talked about food and sex and, and slavery. And, and now out of the blue, he's going to say, and God will raise us from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Wait a minute. What are we talking about being raised from the dead by power and Jesus' resurrection? What, why is that right here in this passage talking about slavery? Well, this is showing that uh, your slavery is going to be paid for, uh, that your slavery, that you're going you're gonna to die to the slavery. There's going to be a separation from this slavery. There's going to be a burial uh, of this slavery. And then you are going to rise up uh, with Christ, his slave, as you mentioned earlier. You're no longer going to be a slave to, the, to your former manner of life. 
food and immorality, those things that which drug you around with chains and, and a ball attached to you, the things that weighed you down, the things that left you empty, uh, you know, the things that made you miserable and hopeless. Uh, there's hope and power in the resurrection. And the fact that we rise is, is demonstrating the fact that we've been crucified. Exactly right. And if you think about it, the, the place where Paul adds this, it's possible that the Corinthians were thinking, yeah, slavery, I can identify with that. Yeah, I've been in bondage. Yes, Paul. And you know, there's no hope. I've tried so many things. I, I've tried the world's methods. I've, you know, I don't think they had 12-step recovery groups back then, but they had the equivalent of them because man's theories and wisdom have always been here. Um, so I've tried them all, and all I can do is seem to be in recovery for the rest of my life. And so Paul says, and God will raise us from the dead by his power. Because mm. that's what it takes, brother. It takes the power of God to raise us from the dead. And I really like Acts 2.24 that says, but God raised him, talking about Jesus, God raised him from the dead. Listen to this, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Jesus rose on the third day, Eric. And just like that, because that's what Paul's using as an example, just like that, we are raised up in him by his power. And so think about this, freeing him from the agony of death. That's what happened to me, brother. Mm. I was freed from the agony of slavery, mm. from, the, from the horrible, crushing darkness that kept me in bondage, that kept me a slave. I was freed from that agony. And, and Eric, you know, we, there are things that we have to do <clears throat> to be free, okay? In fact, he, he even says in verse 18 that we'll look at next time, run from sexual sin, run from it. Uh, just like Joseph who ran from sexual sin with Potiphar's wife. Um, but those things that we must do have to find a source of power. <laughs> in other words, our heart has to be changed where we want to run. I used to want to run to sexual immorality, <laughs> to food, and whatever else I could gratify the lust of my flesh with. What is it that's going to make me want to run from them? Well, it's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Um, and so what he's saying here is when you're a slave, you're dead. A slave to sin is one who's dead in sin. And what does it take? Eric, can a 12-step program really raise me and give me new life? No, it cannot, brother. Uh, we're talking about uh, behavior modification only. And usually it's specific to one area. And that has nothing to do whatsoever with what we're talking about here today. There has to be a death. Uh, there has to be a resurrection. There has to be a new life, a new heart, uh, a a new mind, a renewal, a renewal, brother, of your mind. This only comes from a death and a resurrection. A new heart only comes when you die, when you're crushed, when you're broken, and when you're cured by the cross, right? The behavior modification 
when you're only thinking about, oh, I'm free from immorality, I've been free for 60 days, you know, but I, you know, supposedly free. I used to say that I was free too, but I really wasn't free. What I, what I recognized, what there was some sort of cycle to this sin that totally overpowered me. But when I died, it was all broken. It was all crushed to death. And Jesus was crushed to death for it. You know, he was pinned and nailed to a tree for us as if he was the criminal, as if he was the slave, as if, as if he was the evil one looking at, uh, you know, Im, impure things and gorging himself with food. And in fact, he was accused of it, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. But he, he, he didn't. But, but that's where the power is at for us. Not in behavior, but in a totally new life, going in a totally new direction. And I love today being a slave of Christ, a slave of righteousness. There's no comparison uh, from our prior life uh, to our freedom through Jesus's death and resurrection. Amen. Exactly. And Romans 6, 5 says, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. And so here's the power of freedom. We talked about the power of slavery. The power of freedom is that we are united with Christ in his death. Eric, if you look at that cross, you should see your name. Not not this is Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews, but this is Eric Hurt of Arizona. This is Mike Cleveland (laughs) of Washington State. There's the title above our head. Our crimes are listed there. Uh, We feel the nails in our hands and feet. We feel the crown of thorns pressed down upon us because we are cursed by God and thorns always represent the curse. And there we hang and there we suffer and there we're paying for our sin. In the person and through the death of Jesus, we have paid for our sin. We've died to sin. Now they take us down from the cross, brother, and we are put in the tomb, in the grave. The grave is sealed because we, that old man, that old nature, is not ever coming out again. That old man died with Christ. We were united with Christ in his death and buried with Christ, and we no longer live. Now, if I get a temptation, which of of course we still have temptation, I say, and I know, and I experience that I'm dead to that. Can a dead man gratify the lusts of his flesh? Can a dead man open the door to Satan? No, I've died with Christ. That's where the power is, is in dying with him and in rising with him. And so on the third day, out came Jesus in new life, full, have with a glorified body, brother, and out we came with him to a new life with a new nature and a new heart. And this is how we get free. It is dying and rising with Christ. Amen. What else can I add to that, brother? That was wonderful and beautiful and uh, shows clearly the contrast uh, with uh, the way that in which God works his power through Jesus's death and resurrection and how the world offers its powerless solution through some form of behavior, modification, 
or groups um, and so forth, brother, this is totally, totally different. And I hope that those hearing today can hear the clear message of the cross where we, where our list of sins, as you said it, you know, our list of sins and all of us had them, all of us have them, all of our list of sins have been put to death at the cross. And I love how you said that they were sealed in the tomb and that we rose with Christ on the third day. This is the message we proclaim. This is the message of hope and freedom. The, the hope, you know, the message of the cross, uh, that which we're supposed to go into all the world and proclaim to every creature. Not, uh, you know, another message. This one message, brother. Why? Because it's the only message that has power. Uh, it's the only message uh, to power to change you, the power to save you, the power to sanctify you, and then the power to raise you. Without this power, there is no hope. And so this is why we love to proclaim this. This is why we worship around the cross. And this is the very reason why we do these podcasts. I love your talk about power because this is what it takes. A slave can't just decide to go mm. free. He mm. can't uh, start following a set of steps that leads him out the gate and around the corner and up the hill to freedom. Mm. Um, he has to have power. And Eric, listen to Ephesians 1, verse 18. And look, listen how many times he talks about power. He talks about Jesus and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. Eric, you and I are raised up above all of this world's slavery. We are seated in heaven with Christ, far above the slavery to sin, far above all of the power that sexual immorality ever had over us, far above all of, of the issues of food and slavery to it. We are raised by his power, his mighty power that he exerted when he used his mighty strength and gave the power of Jesus to raise from the dead. Five words he talks about in one verse, talking about the power to raise us from the dead. Now compare that with once an addict, always an addict. <laughs> Oh, there's just no power there. You know, every passage that we have looked at today, God is clearly, very clearly trying to show us over and over and over where the power is and how can we miss it? How can we miss it? It seems so clearly driven, driven throughout Scripture, driven through every passage that we've looked at today, over and over, brother power over death, power over food, power over slavery, mighty power, the same power, and raising you up. And when we listen to this, when we read it, when we listen to it, when we see it, uh, how can we miss it? You know, we need to make this connection to every passage that we read that we're talking about Jesus's death and resurrection. If we jump over it, we miss it. If we 
go around it, we're going to miss it. We need to connect these passages over and over to the cross that has the power to rescue us, the power to lift us, and, and the power to keep us. And it's, it's just doesn't, it's just so overwhelming to our hearts. And that's what's drawing us in and lifting us up in worship this morning. I know it is me. <laughs> you were talking right there. I'm in the third heaven and just worshiping for the power God gave us, the power of the cross to break sin's power, the power of the resurrection to give us new life and to make us a new creation in Christ. Right? If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. And so this is the power that we need. Brother, if you would close us in prayer, we'll continue this passage next time. But think about somebody who needs power. Mm -hmm. Think about somebody who's learned from the world that there is no power. That the best you can ever hope for is to live in recovery all your days. <laughs> and let's pray for him. Amen. Father in heaven, I thank you for this opportunity to look at this passage of scripture and worship with my brother, Mike. And I pray for someone who's listening, uh, someone that, uh, who has maybe this mentality of maybe this is just my life. And I'm going to, maybe they thought like Mike and I were, they were hopeless. Um, there was no power in their life where, where they would take this sin to their grave in silence. But Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that they would look, not, not, not take a step, but just look, look up at the cross and see Jesus taking their sin, paying their sin debt, canceling their record of sin, and thereby freeing them from the power of sin, being buried in the tomb with all of our sin having it sealed and then raising with power, free from it, free from sin's power, free from sin's grip, um, and where their whole life is changing. Not just one area, but they're seeing that the cross and the death and resurrection of Jesus is enough power to completely transform their very lives, to make them new creatures, where they're free from every sin, not just food or sexual immorality, but they're an entirely new creation created in the image of Jesus Christ, where we're being transformed by the Holy Spirit who is working in us and changing us daily as we go to the cross where the power is. And so, Lord, I lift up this person. May they see Jesus Christ lifted up. May they be drawn in by his love and drawn in by his forgiveness, where his arms are stretched open wide to receive, um, to receive us, to love us. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.